Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. I got a message this morning that I don't often, I don't often step into uh, on a Sunday that uh, a subject matter because I don't believe I'm necessarily called to do that. But this morning, and, and I've been just pondering this message. I've been pondering it for a while. So I'm going to share it. Some of you are going to like it. Some of you aren't going to like it. Some of you watching on live stream aren't going to like it. Some of you who may see it on TV won't like it. There are certain aspects of it that you're just not going to like because it might wrinkle some political feathers, and that's not my goal um, because I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, the type of person who vilifies one political party and deifies the other. I don't vilify one leader and, and demonize another. Um, the kingdoms of the world are the kingdoms of the world. Amen. Um, they might, like I said before, they might be two wings, but they are two wings of the same bird. And we are the kingdom of God. All of that being said, <clears throat> I was uh, last week prior to staff meeting, I was reflecting on some things and just praying about some things and just felt the Lord say something to me. And it took me back to something I have taught many years ago. Matter of fact, let me tell you a story. So I, I can't even remember. This is like probably at least 15 years ago or more. Pastor um, Tommy Reed from Buffalo, New York said, hey, I want you to go to an event with me. I, I want you to go to Lancaster with me. There's going to be a small group of pastors, about 40 pastors down at the, uh, in Lancaster. And we're going to be meeting with Robert Morris of Gateway Church in Texas, okay? Like, yeah, I'm in. Okay, let's go. Robert Morris is a... If you ever, I got to meet him. What a wonderful man. What a nice, just a phenomenally nice, kind, gracious man. Anyhow, we're in that meeting. And he happened to say, he said, hey, by the way, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm studying the, the story of Jezebel. Anybody, anybody got any notes you could share with me on that? And so later that day, I sent him some notes. And I sent them to him by email. I said, Pastor Morris, here's what I have, blah, 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 blah. He got back to me later. He said, hey, this is really good. Thank you so much. And it was, blah, blah, blah. I've been watching for the book he's going to write and make millions, and I'm going to tell him about it, okay? But I'm saying all that to say to you that I want to speak to you this morning a message that I'm calling Jezebel's at the door. And I'm going to say some things, and um, it's hard to preach these things and not appear to be, like, I don't want to appear that I'm trying to promote one particular party, because I don't really care about parties. What I care about is the kingdom of God and the value system of God's kingdom, okay? And so I'm going to say this to you, that I'm going to talk about Jezebel, but Jezebel can be a political party. It can be culture. It can be the culture of the land. How many know the culture of our land is corrupt? The culture of our land is corrupt, okay? If you look across the spectrum of our country, and our land, there is corruptness. And so I want to talk to you about Jezebel. Who was Jezebel? Jezebel, you will find her beginning in chapter 16 of 1 Kings. Now, this is what the Bible tells us there. Ahab, the son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, he also married Jezebel. Now, let me stop there. Ahab, the Bible says, was the king of Israel. The king of Israel, Israel at that time meant the two, or the ten northern tribes. The nation of Israel was split. It was divided. There were the two southern tribes and there were the ten northern tribes. Ahab was king of the ten northern tribes. The ten northern tribes of 
Israel never had a righteous king. Never had a righteous king. Their kings were all evil and all did wickedness in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says that Ahab in particular, he did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any king before him. If you did evil and it was more than any king before you in Israel, you were pretty wicked. All right. And the Bible says he married a woman named Jezebel. All right. Now, here's what I'm going to show you some things this morning, because I believe with all of my heart that the Lord said to me, if things continue to go as they go on in America, Jezebel is going to run the nation. And Jezebel is not a person. Jezebel, we're going to talk about, is a spirit of this, uh, of, of the, that is opposing the things of God in this country. And, and so how does Jezebel exist? How does she thrive? Well, first of all, you have to understand, in the Bible, Jezebel thrives only when in covenant with ungodly leadership. So you have this wicked king Ahab, who the Bible says did more evil than any king before him. He was an evil man. He was a wicked man. He had an ungodly agenda. And he married and stepped into covenant with somebody who was just as wicked as he was. How many know who you covenant with will impact your life? (laughs) How many know who you marry will impact your life? For the good. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. If you're sitting by your spouse, yell amen. Right? How many, okay, and so Jezebel and Ahab, two wicked people, covenant together, they come into it. She can thrive when there's ungodly leadership, when there is wicked leadership. But also, she thrives when she's in covenant with weak leadership. Ahab was a wicked leader, but he was a weak leader. He was a weak leader. Jezebel can only exist whenever there's weak leadership. I do not like the term Jezebel spirit when I've heard it thrown around in churches. Growing up, being around the church, um, um, being in ministry for a number of years, you often hear this phrase thrown around, wow, that person's just got a Jezebel spirit. Oh, stop it. They probably just disagreed on with you with something. Okay? Like, we, we've used it too much to label people and to control people and to manipulate people when, in fact, it wasn't a Jezebel spirit at all. It was just a difference of opinion or something along those lines. That being said, there is a spirit that wars against the things of God, and it thrives best when there's weak leadership. Okay? But you have strong, God-ordained, appointed leadership, and Jezebel finds it hard to exist, finds it hard to thrive. All right? So I'm going to show you what happens. So here's what the Jezebel spirit does. First of all, it exists in covenant with wickedness, and it exists in covenant with weakness. All right? I'm saying to you today that there is weak leadership in this country that it is going to partner with. Now, that being said, what does that spirit do? All right? While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and he had supplied them with food and water. You see that passage? That's 1 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says that Jezebel was on a rampage, that she had an agenda. That agenda was she was killing the prophets of God. Because you have to understand, Jezebel seeks to silence the authoritative voices of God. If there's one thing the enemy wants right now in this country is he wants the voice of God shut up. He wants the voice of God silenced. And there has been an affront and there has been an onslaught and there has been an attack to silence anything that sounds like God or anything that has a moral morality to it, if you will, 
right? You, you know, it's driving me, like, like you'll, you'll hear me say some things that I probably never say before. There's some things that drive me crazy. For example, I know, I know it's not that far of a shot. I know it's not that far of a drive, okay? But listen to me, this current cancel, cancel culture that we're living in, in America, is Jezebel silencing anything that opposes it. If you oppose it, if you disagree with us, we're gonna silence you, we're gonna cancel you, we're gonna shut you up. It is an onslaught to stop the agenda of godliness in this land. I'm just telling you how it is, man. You, you look at this. Well, you, you said that, that, that this shouldn't be wrong. We're going to counsel you. Wow, you, you, you were a Trump supporter. We're not going to let you speak at Harvard University. So much for being the smartest people in the land. It's trying to silence. We're going to cancel you. Because we don't like what you said, right? And then, and then we're living in this culture. We're living in this situation right now. We're living in this climate where you've got these mega corporations. The current censorship imposed by these mega corporations is an attempt of Jezebel to silence the word of God. We live in a time of the most powerful corporations ever in the face of the earth. They are not just corporations, ladies and gentlemen. They are small nation states in and of themselves. We're talking about, I'll, 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 they're talking about Facebook. We're talking about Twitter. We're talking about Google. We're talking about them. They are censoring. They are silencing. They don't agree with you. They try to shut you up. Listen to me this morning. It is an attempt of Jezebel to stop the word of God. There is a standard that is God's word that still applies for humanity today. I, I mean, listen to me this morning. I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I, and I'm not one that's get up here and does this a lot. But listen to me. When you are saying we're going to allow you to open as a strip club, but the churches have to stay shut, that is the voice of Jezebel. I mean, who comes up with this craziness? Who comes up with this lunacy? You can't go to church and sing and chant. You can't chant. Oh, by the way, you can't chant at Thanksgiving. Who the heck chance at Thanksgiving anyhow? <laughs> turkey, turkey, turkey. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just distraught. I mean, I'm not going to be able to chant at turkey at uh, Thanksgiving this week. <laughs> I've had 57 Thanksgivings. I don't remember doing any chanting. Like, like, this is, okay, the strip job, the strip joint can be open, but the church can't. What is that? Don't worry, I got to figure it out. Next week, I'm going to take, we're a tie, I'm going to take it off, then I'm going to preach. It'll be okay. <laughs> Do you, look, forget about politics for a moment. I'm talking about the culture in which we're living. The Jezebel culture is saying what is evil is good and what is good is evil. And these mega corporations have now come in and they are flexing their might and they are flexing their muscle trying to silence the authoritative voices of God in the land. This is what Jezebel did. She killed the prophets of God because the last thing Jezebel wants is for God's prophets to speak. 
So what happens? You go to chapter 18. Elijah, the prophet of God, he's finally put on commission by God to go and to confront the prophets of Baal. And he comes to the people, because how many know it is the people who will choose between Baal or God? How many know it is us that will choose between idolatry and God? It is you and I will choose. He said, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If Baal is God, then worship him. If God is God, then worship him. And then they had the big challenge. Let's have a challenge. Let's see whose God answers by fire. Right? Watch what he says. He says, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. <laughs> so you got to see this. Just prior to that, we see where the Jezebel was trying to kill and putting to death the authoritative voices of God, while at the same time, she is empowering the non-authoritative voices, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, and having them eat at her table because that's what she does. I want to silence you, the real voice, while I empower you, the false voice. And we have in our culture right now a people, a spirit that is silencing one and empowering the other. The mainstream media is a joke. All right, I said it. I feel so much better. Listen to me. Not because, not because much of them don't like Trump. This is not a, listen to me. This is not a pro-Trump message. This is an anti-Jezebel message. The mainstream media has become both the mouthpiece and the hand of Jezebel in silencing one voice while empowering other voices. It's insane. It's just absolutely insane. It's like lie after lie after lie, narrative after narrative after narrative, agenda after. We don't get truth. We don't get anything. We get, we get agenda reporting, agenda-based reporting, so that, so that Jezebel can empower that voice and silence that one. What happens? Well, if you know the story, it's 1 Kings chapter 18. The prophets of Baal, the prophets of Asherah, they're calling on their gods to bring down fire. They're cutting themselves. They're, 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 doing, they're shouting. They're jumping. They're chanting. They're doing all this stuff. Elijah's trash talking. Hey, hey baby, he's sleeping. Yo, guys, wake him up. <laughs> Love a trash talking prophet. Right? And finally, he calls them. And he calls them to soak everything. And he prays to God, and God brings the fire of heaven and destroys. He brings the fire of heaven. Let me say something to you, ladies and gentlemen. The God of fire is going to answer one more time. Somehow, some way, the God of fire will answer once more. He has not been rendered impotent. But what happens? Elijah says, now, when God answered, he said, get the prophets, get the false voices, get the false prophets, Get the prophets of evil and destroy them. How many know when you take a blow at wickedness, how many know wickedness becomes angry? Do you want to know why there's so much anger in certain agendas in our country? Because it is the spirit of the enemy who is angry at righteousness. It angers that spirit. It angers. What happens? Jezebel, chapter 19. She hears what happens. So she sent a messenger to Elijah. 
may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. You see, because what does Jezebel do? Jezebel does this. When you strike out against me, now I'm going to come at you with fear, threats, intimidation, and I'm going to try to get you on, and I'm going to try to destroy you. And that is exactly what the spirit of Jezebel does in the land today. Right? Because Jezebel always seeks to destroy God's prophetic witness. The people of God are meant to be a prophetic witness in the land. But I want to say to the church, be quiet until it's over. Because you have joined in on the attack on the prophets. There might be prophets who are wrong, and there have been false prophets in the body of Christ who have prophesied things from their vain imaginations and not the word of God. But there have been authentic prophets who have voiced things. And what has happening right now is the church, many in the church are coming out and mocking the prophets. And if I was them, I would be quiet until it was over. And I will say this also. If we judge by their standard, Jonah was a false prophet. Because Jonah prophesied to Nineveh, in three days you'll be destroyed. In three days you'll be wiped out. In three days, God is going to kill all of you. <laughs> Except one thing. When the people repented, God changed his mind. And God changed his mind. And he brought grace instead of judgment. But if we only look at the story of Jonah, we would call him a false prophet. You never know what happens with some of this stuff. Make no mistake about it, there's an attack on the prophetic witness of God's kingdom in the land. You see, let me tell you what else Jezebel does. Let me tell you about this guy Ahab again. Ahab was a weak, sniveling leader. The Bible tells us a story in, I think it's 1 Kings chapter 21, where he was looking at another man's vineyard. Naboth was his name. And he wanted that vineyard. He was willing to buy it. He was willing to trade for it. Hey, Naboth, man, sell me, sell me your vineyard, or I'll trade you one. I'll give you one. You see, he wanted to take Naboth's vineyard. You know why? So he could plant his vegetables in it. Huh. There's a whole message in that. How many know the enemy always wants to plant his seeds where God's fruit exists? That's another message for another day. And what happens? Naboth says, oh, no, 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 no. I will not sell this to you. I cannot sell you what is the inheritance of my family. What does the enemy always want? The enemy always wants your spiritual inheritance. The enemy always wants your inheritance. How many know you have an inheritance? And he always wants it. So what does, Nab what does, what does Ahab do? The Bible says he went home. Crawled in bed, stuck his thumb in his mouth, went and eat, pouted, was sullen. I wanted the vineyard, he wouldn't sell it to me. Right? You see, then, and then Je Jezebel comes in, and what's wrong with you? You're the king of Israel. It's, okay? Let me get to, where's the scripture? Jezebel, his wife says, Is this how the king of Israel acts? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard. Whoa. 
He is, uh, this is amazing. He's pouting. But Jezebel always is willing to do this. Desire, satisfy the desire of your flesh. Do you know what the, the, the spirits that war against you prey upon? They prey upon the cravings of your flesh. How many got any, how many, anybody here got any flesh cravings? Okay, this side does. This, this guy, you guys don't. Okay, well, you guys can go home, all right? Like, like, man, you, come on, you know, you know how he prays against the cravings of your flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, right? How he prays upon those things. You know how powerful cravings can be, right? I mean, like, 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 put Swedish fish in front of me. I start twitching. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, I can't do this. You see, the reason I can't do it is I don't want to do it. <laughs> right? How many of there's times when we got to stop saying what we do is what we do because we crave it and we want it? You see, Jezebel comes along and says, I'll get you what you want. I'll do whatever it takes. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that she was willing to destroy others to get him what belonged, didn't belong to him. Watch what happens. So then she does this. So Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and then sent them to the elders and the nobles who lived in Naboth's city. How <sighs> I many know the power behind the throne is sometimes more powerful than the power on the throne? And all the husbands said amen. <laughs> no, I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. But watch what she does. First of all, Jezebel operates in the name of the one of authority. She's not in authority, yet somehow she's able to operate in the name of the one in authority. And when she does this, she takes, writes on his letters, signs his name, and seals them with his seal, and then sends them to somebody who does not even know that it didn't come from Ahab. Watch what she says. In the letter, she put, proclaim a day of fasting. To proclaim a day of fasting is seat Naboth in a prominent place among the people. Funny, isn't it? How she will use the seat of honor in order to bring destruction. Many times before the enemy kills you, he'll honor you. Ouch. But seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them bring charges that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. Do you see what she's willing to do? I'm going to get you what you want. I'm going to kill others to do it, right? See, Jezebel creates a narrative to produce an ungodly agenda, even when it destroys the innocent. And we are living in a day of narrative. And this day of narrative is, has an agenda. It has a goal. It has an outcome at once. And it tells the agenda so that it can destroy the innocent, so that it can get what it wants. All right? This, this day of narrative, we don't get truth, we get narrative. We get a left narrative, right narrative. We have a, uh, a, a, a Hollywood narrative. We get a CNN narrative. We get a Fox narrative. We get a Newsmax narrative. And how many know what we find ourselves doing is tuning into the narrative we like, even if it doesn't have truth? Because the problem with that is a narrative without truth is a narrative of death. A false narrative does not bring life. It only can bring death. 
Here's the problem. As long as Jezebel is allowed to live, there'll never be peace. Jehu came to the city. Joram said, if you come in peace, Jehu says, there'll never be peace as long as Jezebel's alive. See, I'm speaking this about our current culture and our current environment. But in a moment, I'm going to shift to us. The Bible tells me that Jezebel's days were numbered. God had prophesied that. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that a man named Jehu was anointed by the prophet. And his anointing was to destroy the house of Ahab and the power of Jezebel. That's how, that's what Jehu was anointed for. And when you fast forward, and I believe it's 2 Kings chapter 9, you will find where the anointed one comes to the city and brings down the power of Ahab and brings down the power of Jezebel. But see, here's where I want to transition for a moment. All of us have Jezebels that work against us. All of us, because we are this combination of flesh and spirit. We are this humanity that we are like Paul. How many, you know, how, many of you, how many of you understand what Paul says? When Paul says, the good I want to do, I don't do. The evil that I don't want to do, that I do. How many understand and can relate to Paul? Right? You see, we all have Jezebels that run, work against us. The spirit that wars against you wants to silence God's word to you. The last thing the enemy wants you to hear is the word of God. And if he cannot stop the word of God, he will distort the word of God. All right? He, he couldn't stop the word of God to Eve. So what he did was he came and he distorted it. Did God really say? How many of the answer was yes? Did God really say yes? And then he comes on, well, you know, that's really not what God meant. See, God has a hidden agenda. God is afraid that you'll be like him. God is insecure. God is mean. How many know there is a narrative that he wants to feed you about God? I can't stop it, so I'll twist it. But God knows you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. You see, we have this spirit that wars against us. That tries to stop the word of God. That's why it is important that you get into the word of God. Because it's not just about you reading the word of God. It is you hearing the word of God. It is about the word of God being sown into your heart where the enemy of your soul wars against. It is about the word of God being sown into your spirit that becomes a defense against the enemy who's trying to silence it. The word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And if he can snuff it out, he'll have you walking in darkness. The spirit that wars against you wants to empower the imposter voices to you. How many of you ever had? How many of you ever had those voices you wished you wouldn't have listened to? Hmm? How many of those voices you should have listened to and you didn't listen to? Kind of like when Kelly was telling Troy, we got lots of time, you don't need to speed. You know what the best part about that is? They were going to Kaylee's wedding, which was down in Belleville. I was going to Kaylee's wedding in Belleville. Eric and Tony, or Carson, no, Eric and Penny and I. We're driving down. 
it by Water Street. Oh, there's a state cop. He's got somebody pulled over. That's Troy. <laughs> I wanted to turn around and get a picture so bad. You see, there, 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 there's these voices, there's these imposter voices that sometimes, how many know he comes masquerading as an angel of light? How many know sometimes he comes, it sounds like God, it sounds good, but it's not God? I mean, that's why we have to have a spirit of discernment in this age. A spirit of discernment because there are imposter voices. And just like Jezebel in the Old Testament silenced the prophets and empowered the false voices, that's what the enemy that wars against us does today. You see, and then the spirits that war against our flesh, they promise to satisfy our flesh. I'll get you what you want. You deserve it. You know? Because the spirits create a narrative to support an ungodly agenda. Well, you know, she really hasn't been paying much attention to you, so it's okay. Well, you know, they insulted you first, so let them have it. Put them on blast on Facebook. <laughs> See? There's spirits, principalities, there are authorities, the Bible tells us, that wars against us. And there is a creating of a narrative that will support an ungodly agenda to get us to operate according to an ungodly agenda. But see, I got really good news. Aren't you glad I got some good news today? I got some really good news. You see, Jehu was anointed by God to destroy Ahab and Jezebel. Well, just as Jehu was anointed to destroy the power of Jezebel, Jesus was anointed to defeat the power of Satan and the spirits that war against us. There is the anointed one that he came. The Bible says that he was anointed by God, right? And he healed all those who were oppressed by the devil. Come on, church. We have the one who's anointed, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, our Savior. He's the one who came. He's the one that walked in power over sin and death, sickness in the grave. He is the one that has defeated our enemy. He's a defeated enemy. He's a defeated principality. He's a defeated authority because of the anointing that was on Jesus Christ. You say, but, how did, but if that's true, Pastor, then how does it seem that Jezebel seems to have so much power? The only power Jezebel has in our lives is the power we give her when we tolerate her. The only power that the authorities and the principalities have in your life is what you give them through tolerating them. When you tolerate a defeated enemy, you empower a defeated enemy. You tolerating a defeated enemy only empowers that enemy. How many of you have ever tolerated the spoiled, rotten little brat <laughs> who's acting like a tyrant, who's acting like an anarchist, who is just going to throw a hissy fit until they get their own way. How'd that work when you tolerated them? How'd that work when you placated them? How'd that work when you patronized them? You know what it does? It empowers them. It worked this time, I'm going to do it again. 
And since it did it this time, I'm going to do it worse the next time. It only empowers them. They see, so, so it's really like, like sometimes we just need to be really, really loving. I, I love my kids. I love my grandchildren. I am the benevolent dictator. Make no mistake about it. I will look at you. I love you. You're acting like a really spoiled little brat, and I'm going to kick your rear. <laughs> but I still love you, and we're going to go get McDonald's when I'm done. We don't placate that. We don't patronize that. We don't tolerate that. We don't suffer that. All right? But yet in our spiritual lives, we'll tolerate, placate, patronize. And when we do, it empowers. The enemy of our souls is only empowered through our tolerance. How do I know that? Come on, Troy. This morning I threw something at him. He came up here. Let's all watch him. Going around some area. Wave to him. <laughs> That's the same look he had when he was getting that ticket the other day. Revelation chapter 2, and I'll get done in another half hour. Because come on, Troy means another 20 minutes. Jesus is speaking to the church in Thyatira, saying all these good things about it. All these good things. Oh, you've done this and you've done that. You're so wonderful. Don't you love them when he tells you how wonderful they are than they add but? He says, nevertheless, I got this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. You tolerate her. You put up with her. You indulge her. By her teaching, she misleads my servants mm. through immorality, eating food, sacrificed to idols. So I'm going to cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will cast those who commit adultery with her to suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. Hmm. It's interesting. Watch this. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who did not hold to her teaching, and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. Hmm. Those who tolerated Jezebel and held to her teaching learned the deep secrets of Satan. And how many know there's things we're not to learn? There's things we don't want to know. I'll do that message some other day. This is what I want to leave us with. There is a spirit and there are spirits and principalities that war against us. There is a devil. He's real. He wars against you. He wants to destroy you, your family, your kids, your children. There is a spirit and there's principalities that is warring against our nation. But first and foremost, we as the people of God today must ask ourselves a question. Where am I tolerating Jezebel? Where am I tolerating Jezebel? Where have I given her license? Where have I patronized her? Where have I placated her? Where have I allowed her to silence the word of God in my life? Where have I allowed her to, to, to fuel the imposter voices and to set an agenda in my life? Where have I allowed her to say to me, I'll satisfy that flesh. I'll satisfy that flesh. 
and it's gonna feel so good and taste so good. But in the end, it will be death. But here's the good news. Jesus was anointed to destroy the work of Jezebel, to destroy the work of Satan, to disempower him. And now the Bible tells me that greater is the one that lives within us than he that is in the world. Come on, church. We don't run in fear of her. We don't run in isolation from her. We don't run in, uh, 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 and shrink back. No, 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 no. That's not what we do. We look her in the eye and say, I shall not tolerate you anymore. You are a defeated foe. Jesus has taken you out. He has disempowered you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not going to tolerate you. You can't do anything other than the power I give you to do. So stop tolerating. Sometimes I have to look at my little baby girl who she's such a cutie and she's such a leader. And I have to look at her and say, baby girl, who's the boss? <laughs> who's the boss? You are. <laughs> I tried that with Penny. It didn't work. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Don't look at me like that. I know you ain't. <laughs> but there are times where you have to say, you're defeated. Jesus was anointed. You have no authority over me other than what I give you. And listen to me, church. That's when you're taking accountability for your own actions. So, Father, we need your help this week. We need your help in our country, Lord. The spirit of Jezebel is running amok. We're not just talking about politics, although it's running amok in politics. It's running amok through culture. And Father, we want to be a voice of you. But Father, before we can be, we must be an authoritative voice. But Father, we must not tolerate her. And so Father, this week I would say, challenge us. That we would look at you and say, show us where I'm tolerating. And that we would do what you told the church in Revelation, which is to repent. Change the way you think. Change the course of action. Change the direction. This is what you ask of us. You came, anointed, made war against principalities. You defeated them. And we don't want to tolerate that which you have defeated. So help us this week, we say, Jesus. We'll give you the praise. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.